the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H dot com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, on the broadcast today. I'll visit with Jameson Coppola. We'll talk more about Christian education from a biblical worldview. You can reach me anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. I'd love to have you touch base and just let me know what you think about the show. Maybe you have a question or thought to share. Reach out at that email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at IntegrityCounselingGroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. When it comes to education for your student, Northwest Christian School believes that trusted truth transforms. With that in mind, they developed their fully online Christian school, NCS Online, for your kindergarten through ninth grade student. NCS Online curriculum has been developed in-house by experienced Christian educators and is infused with a biblical worldview. NCS Online provides a rigorous, affordable, customizable online education in an established Christian community and culture. Visit ncsonline.org to learn more or contact their admissions team at 602-978-5134. Proverbs Payments is a partner with The Plum Line in helping me to raise the funds necessary for broadcasting this gospel-proclaiming show. Proverbs Payments is a Christian credit card processing company who is kingdom-focused instead of profit-focused. To learn about how they can benefit your business or ministry, visit ProverbsPayments.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I am joined once again by Jameson Coppola, the Government Relations Director for American Association of Christian Schools. We're discussing the value of Christian education from a biblical worldview, and we're going to talk about biblical worldview itself on a portion of this second broadcast. And so, Jameson, I want to kind of pick up where we left off the first one here. We were talking about how those Christian schools can come alongside, partner with the uh, parents who have the ultimate oversight and responsibility for their children's education. And one thing, as we were talking about, that these schools need to do is something that a lot of the parents need as well, and that is training in a biblical worldview. And I hear this all the time from Christian schools. I don't think there's any Christian school out there that would say we're not training in a biblical worldview. They pretty much all say that, but yet I hope that's the case. But I guess what I'm looking for is an explanation of what it really looks like to do that because, you know, you can sprinkle in a little bit, you know, a Bible verse into your science class or something like that and claim that you're teaching a biblical worldview, but it's a lot more. It's it's wholly encompassing, isn't it? Well, I would agree with that, absolutely. You know, our world doesn't tolerate 
statements of objective truth anymore. And when we talk about a Christian worldview, what we're really saying is we're teaching kids that the Christian view of the world is the true vision of the world. It is what their creator God wants them to know about how to live a fulfilled life. C.S. Lewis uses this illustration in his book, The Abolition of Man, which is really his book about the purpose of education. It's an excellent book. If you've not read it, I would encourage it. He says, real education is like older eagles teaching young eagles how to fly. In other words, living according to their true nature. And he said, modern education is like a farmer teaching chickens what the farmer wants them to be, right? It's a completely different. And so really Christian worldview is this expression of mature Christian teachers saying, listen, I know the creator God. I know the world he made. And I'm trying to bring those two worlds together for you as a student. I'm trying to help you see a comprehensive view of all of reality because you've got a mission in this world to fulfill. And so sometimes we have to build down from the authority of scripture Knows we have to reach the student's intellect. We have to reach their will. We have to reach the virtues, right? There, there's character development and all of that. But it is all designed so that they live out what their creator God intends for them, what he made them to be. And so your question about worldview being fully incorporated through the entire curriculum is really important. It's essential. Hmm. So then how do we accomplish that? Because again, like I said, some might just say, well, we've got a Bible verse here or there within the curriculum. But uh, if we're going to really accomplish that, how do we, in a practical sense, I guess, bring that about? Practically speaking, it depends on teachers. I'll give you an illustration from my school because, you know, my experience, it was a teacher to me. I realized that we were graduating Christian kids from a Christian school that several years out from graduation were no longer living like Christianity was true. And it troubled me. It troubled me that we could have graduates that somehow missed the most essential message we were trying to give. And so we went back and we started a specific Christian worldview curriculum that helps think through what each of the major worldviews says about reality, about truth. You know, is there a God? Is there not a God? For instance, one of the major worldviews that we're fighting right now is Marxism. Does the Bible or does nature teach us private property ownership is better than corporate ownership, et cetera. So you evaluate all the worldviews. That was a real help for our kids. But then we also started doing special teacher sessions for our teachers so that they could think like a Christian should think about the multiple issues of the day and the principles that undergird the different worldviews that we're in some senses battling against in our modern Western society. And so practically speaking, I would say be very purposeful about evaluating every aspect of your operation as a Christian school administrator and saying, how does this evidence a Christian worldview? How are we teaching students the ultimate reality of the work that we're doing as Christians, the call that we have, the mission that we have in this world, and then measure it? Are we doing it effectively? Are there results in the lives of our students? Yeah. Well, and let's go to the Word of God here to kind of think about this, too, because the Scriptures tell us in a couple places, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and sometimes it's uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, looking at Proverbs one seven, for example, says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. A little later on in Proverbs, in chapter 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. And so, again, when we talk about foundations for good education, 
education, they have to start there with this basis from the Word of God that ultimately we are trying to help these young people gain wisdom, not just some sort of education in the sense of, oh, I can answer four plus four. There's a lot more to it. (laughs) Yeah. For me, sometimes the way I describe this dynamic is there's a difference between doing and being, right? We live in two worlds at the same time. <laughs> uh, by the way, you don't have to be a Christian to see this. One of my favorite illustrations of this is this evolutionary neuroscientist writes this whole article about love and how he knows love can't be real because love is spiritual. It's not physical. You can't touch it, taste it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it's a spiritual thing. And he says, I know it's really my physical body's tricking me into feeling love because I need to perpetuate the species. So I love my wife. I love my kids so that my DNA will be. And it's, it's kind of sad because he's talking about the reality of living in two worlds at the same time. Well, as Christians, we know the spiritual world, right? God's revealed himself to us through his word. And we know the physical world because he's the creator, he's the author of it. And so in education, bringing those two worlds together, that is wisdom, right? It's in our spirit. It's in our souls. It's good character. It's doing the right things for the right reasons. And it's having a mission in the world to carry that out, to love God and to love our neighbor. And so I I would say it's bringing those two worlds together. And that's what wisdom is. Mm -hmm. It's not living exclusively in one or the other, but bringing them both together. So with that thought in mind, the big umbrella question, I guess, is from a biblical worldview, then, what is the purpose of education? Yeah, helping students have an eternal perspective. When Christ leaves his disciples, I love this. He says, occupy till I come. Go about business till I come. Right, And, And to me, that's Christian education, preparing kids to do something in this world in light of the future eternity that God has promised to return for us for. And so sometimes it's called virtue education. I think virtue has sometimes the meaning of good behavior, but it also means fulfilling your design. A virtuous thing, you know, I threw a couple of tools out lately because they weren't quote unquote virtuous tools, right? They no longer perform their function well, (laughs) you know, and, and that's an aspect of virtue as well. Helping our kids fulfill their purpose, helping them to live like God with the abilities and the skills and the understanding that God's given them naturally, but with an eternal perspective. Mm. So I'm just thinking then, whereas much of uh, public education is geared toward helping young people to obtain you know, a well-paying mm-hmm. job, which is good and important, that's certainly not the total and not the ultimate purpose of education then. No, that's a utilitarian view, right? It's an under-the-sun view, to use Ecclesiastes, to use Solomon's word. It just says all that there is in life is the good life, right? So get a good job so that you can make some money, so that you can enjoy the sensual aspects, the physical aspects of life. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. God made us to live in a physical world, but we're supposed to be on a mission for God in that. And the mission is a way that we fulfill the original, you know, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, subdue the earth. So our work should be in light of the calling that God's given us and not just in the satisfying of our physical pleasures or of being successful in the world, our pride, you know, having pride of place or position or owning property. And so sometimes we fall into that as Christians, right? We, we say the same thing the public school does is, well, we want you to be obedient to authority and we want you to get a good job. We're training kids for so much more than that. 
Yeah, amen. Well, so many Proverbs address our discussion here about education, mm-hmm. and I want to read uh, just two more verses here, Proverbs 9, 9, and 10, and just have you share a brief insight or comment, uh, your thoughts on these verses, and then we'll go to the break here. But in Proverbs 9, uh, verse 9, it says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. I love that. And then it goes on to say, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom that I mentioned already, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Those are from Proverbs chapter 9. Any thoughts that you could share with us on those? Yeah, I love those verses because I think one of the first goals that every parent and every educator should have is to help a student to receive instruction, to receive correction. We talked a little bit earlier about the fact that we live in two worlds. Well, as Christians, we know that Satan and his angels also live in the spiritual world, right? We know that, like many men have said in the past, about our own hearts, right? Our hearts are deceitful and wicked. And so part of education is helping a student trust their authority when they tell them, hey, listen, you've got to receive correction. You've got to receive instruction on this. Because I think that is the beginning of them being able to learn about the mission, about the purpose that God has for them. It's one of the things that we leave off in education, at least in public education, so much is this willingness, even on the student side, to quell their pride and to receive instruction, to be told that you're wrong. <laughs> I'll close with this thought. I was a criminal justice undergrad, and I got my master's degree in education. And I remember one time a father was looking at my degrees on the wall of my office, and he turned to me and said, really, criminal justice undergrad and education master's degree? I half-teasingly said, yeah, I think they're the same field. You're just dealing with younger criminals. <laughs> and he laughed, right? And I thought, okay, okay, we have a similar idea, conception of what we're doing as a school in the sense that we're all cursed with a sin nature. Part of education is helping a student learn that it's okay to be corrected. It's okay to fail. It's okay to receive instruction because that is designed to help bring them to maturity. It's helped to bring them to understanding, to wisdom. And so I think those verses are really important as it comes to education. Thank you so much for those insights. My guest again is Jameson Coppola, Government Relations Director with American Association of Christian Schools on the Plum Line today. If you want to reach out and share your thoughts or comments about the broadcast, you can do so at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. I do want to mention that all of this that we're discussing here and really to have a genuine understanding of what a biblical worldview of education looks like, that worldview has to come from the Holy Spirit. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if you're one who's tuning in, just flipping through the dial and came on this show and decided to listen to it, but you don't even know what I mean by a relationship with Jesus Christ, that email address I just gave is one that I would love to have you reach out to. And I would get together with you personally to discuss the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the fact that you're a sinner, you're in need of a Savior. I'm a sinner, I'm in need of a Savior. We all are. And Jesus Christ is that Savior, the perfect, sinless Son of God who went to the cross and took your sin and mine upon himself. And all you need to do is believe. Acknowledge your sin, turn away from it, repent is the word, and believe. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And in very brief, that's the gospel, and I'd love to talk with you more about it. Reach out to me at this email address, Radio at gmail.com. 
Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns. 623-537-3657. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Thanks for joining me for The Plum Line today. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. My guest is Jameson Coppola. He is the Government Relations Director for an organization called American Association of Christian Schools. I want to give that website again so I don't forget uh, here at the end, aacs.org, aacs.org. You can check that out. Lots of resources. They provide a lot of help and encouragement and resources and things for Christian schools, uh, those who work at Christian schools, and also just uh, a lot of help, I'm sure, for parents as well who are considering sending their children to Christian schools. And we're going to talk about the actual role that Jameson fulfills as government relations director, as we said at the beginning of the first show. And a lot of times it entails trying to prevent legislation from uh, taking place because from time to time the federal government, state governments as well, seek to do things that could be very damaging or harmful to our ability to educate our children from a biblical worldview. And number one among those ideas or principles and even laws, in some places it's been passed as a law, is something called hate speech, at least number one in my mind anyway. And that has already had a huge impact on a variety of Christian arenas here. And so talk with us a little bit about that first, if you would, the impact of things like hate speech legislation. Yeah, it goes back to something we said earlier, too, is the distinction between government and private entities and public entities is all blurring together in our society. And so that combined with now a society that is increasingly more secular creates suspicion against religious organizations. Right. You mentioned hate speech. Well, not to get too far into the weeds or too philosophical, but what is hate? Right. You know, we've had discussion with staffers on Capitol Hill that say, well, if you tell a child who's struggling with some type of gender dysphoria, in other words, a young boy that maybe wishes he was a young girl or vice versa, the loving thing to do in many people's minds today is to affirm their inner sense of their gender instead of to affirm their biological or their physical sense of gender. Well, we have a distinctive view about that. We think that it's unkind to affirm their inner sense of gender if it's not in keeping with their body. And so we would tell them, no, we're going to help fix your mind about this. We're not going to, you know, our society right now is rushing headlong into surgeries that have devastating lifelong effects, hormone treatments to young children. Like to me, that's hateful. But right now, the people in power are saying the reverse, right? It's hateful not to affirm their inner sense. And so I don't know how you handle that, except we're grateful that we at least have a First Amendment <laughs> that so far has been able to push back against some of the application of these rules to Christian schools. And so we're grateful that, especially in the last few years, 
In terms of how the Supreme Court, how the courts look at this, we've had a swing away from establishment type decisions, like what does it mean if the government establishes religion? And the pendulum has swung much closer to free exercise. How do we ensure what the First Amendment promises and that religious people get to exercise freely their religious opinion? Because right now, our religious opinions are completely out of step with so much of secular society. Right. And I think it's super important that you and I and others, too, remind Christian school administrators and Christian teachers and all the like of this, because I think the success for those who are trying to, you know, pass the hate speech legislation and diversity, equity, inclusion, the DEI and all of that is just in silencing us because if they get us afraid enough and we don't realize that mm-hmm. the courts have sided with us, the administrator, the teacher will, you know, go along with calling the child whatever pronoun he or she wants and, and all these different things. You know, they'll be quiet or they won't say anything about it. So mm-hmm. it's important for us to do what we're doing, I guess, is what I'm saying, isn't it? Yeah, and, and then to do it because it's right. If you really believe that there's a creator God that made us male and female, then the obvious thing to do if you want to help somebody that's struggling with that is to help their mind be at ease with their body, not to have their body mutilated to fix some sense that their mind is telling them is real. And so, you know, I think we have to be bold in our stance. And there are some hopeful signs that we're actually even winning in public opinion on this issue. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I want to talk about other challenges that you see out there. You know, it seems like a lot of them are dealing with LGBT, you know, gender identity and those types of things. Mm -hmm. But there are many others out there, too, I would imagine. So what are some of the chief things that you're seeing that are thorns in the side, I guess, of Christian education? Yeah, well, we're an unknown quantity sometimes. And so sometimes government does things unintentionally, right, that are harmful to private schools or Christian schools. Prior to COVID, everything's in flux right now, but rough numbers, about 10% of all students were in private schools or homeschooled. 90% were in public schools. When government makes a rule for schools, most often they're thinking about public schools, right? Sometimes they forget that a percentage of the population is not part of that public school population. And so I would say we have to be mindful of unintentional things that prevent us from doing a good job as educators. And then there's intentional things. Unfortunately, I'd I'd like to get away from talking about the gender confusion in our society right now and, and the changing of the meaning of the word sex. But that's kind of the battle line right now. Are Christians going to have to affirm this new secular standard of gender? Are we going to have to come under regulations that the government is establishing, specifically the Biden administration, that change the meaning of the word sex in law? And so some of the battle lines right now are tax exemption. Tax exemption exists so that charitable organizations, educational organizations can do something that's good for broader society, educate kids or to take care of people that need help. And the government doesn't have to pay to have that done. They don't have to pay for that safety net because people of goodwill, religious people do it in a sense on behalf of society. And so a tax exemption is a recognition that we shouldn't add to the burden of those charitable or educational organizations. But right now, there are people advocating for tax exemption to be removed from any organization that won't hold society's new definition of sex or new definition of gender. So that's a real battle line. 
right now the administration and the federal government is rewriting every regulation and federal law that uses the word sex on the basis now that they say, as an administration, we have the power to decide this. We now believe the word sex means sexual orientation or gender identity. So there's a cavalcade of regulations coming down from the bureaucracy that are threatening to change the very meaning of the word sex in our society. And so those tax exemption, what might be known as the LGBTQ agenda, are the battle lines right now, whether or not even Christian institutions, Christian organizations can maintain a separateness from the government message and still communicate the message that we authentically believe is the right message, (laughs) that is the healthy message, that is the message that contributes to families and our students flourishing. Yeah, well, and lastly, those things too, as I kind of mentioned before, make it tempting for a Christian school to say, well, let's just focus on English and math, and you know, we don't have to get into a discussion or a stance. We don't have to take a stance on all of these issues, and I don't think that's the right road to go. I don't think it'll be tenable. You have to be authentically Christian, and as our society becomes more and more secular, I think that will become more important that you say, no, we, we have a different conception of what it means to be human. We have a different conception of what it takes to flourish, to be blessed, if you will, to be prosperous. And we should at least have the right to continue to say that to the people who want to align with us. You know, a lot of our hope is in the First Amendment that makes it clear that government is not allowed to intrude into religious organizations to tell them what they have to believe or what they have to teach. Jameson, I sure appreciate your time and insights. Thanks for coming on. You're most welcome. Jameson Coppola, again, my guest, Government Relations Director for American Association of Christian Schools, AACS.org, the website that I encourage our listeners to visit and maybe reach out to Jameson through that site and let him know that you appreciated what he had to share here on the Plum Line. I'd love it, too, if you would reach out to those Christian-owned businesses and ministries that sponsor the Plum Line. You've heard from them and advertisements here during the show, and they are the ones that make it possible for this radio show to broadcast in your area. Wouldn't be on the air without them. And so thank them and do business with them if you can utilize their services. And thank you for tuning in. Love to have you back for the next edition of The Plum Line. You can reach me at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.